So You Can Heal. I'm Abby Parker, a licensed mental health counselor and therapist at Still Point Consultants. And I'm Josh. I'm a licensed social worker and a therapist at Still Point Consultants as well. Josh, welcome back to the So You Can Heal podcast. Yeah, welcome. This is exciting. (laughs) We are starting our third series. Yeah, it's just kind of wild how fast it's kind of gone, but also at the same time, like, it's been a couple years. (laughs) You'd think I would be used to this by now. I know, right? And it kind of ties into our episode today on anxiety. Yeah. Like when you haven't done something in a long time and then you start thinking about doing it again. And that yeah. anxious feeling that shows up in your stomach. <laughs> in your face, in your chest, in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. But yeah. I'm excited. I think we have a lot of good information to share. So yeah, I'm excited to see what what we have created so far and then like to see how in the moment and how we shift and change as things we move forward. Like, I don't know. I think that's the funnest part. Like mm-hmm. we can plan the best we can and then when we get in it, it's always something different a little bit. So it's kind of We're nice. in the flow. Yeah. So what do you think is important I mean, because today we're talking about the causes of anxiety. What are your thoughts? Where where does anxiety come from? I, I think anxiety can come from multiple different places. And a lot of times we underestimate how many different aspects can impact how we experience anxiety. I see anxiety show up in family history in our generational stories. And then I also see anxiety show up as a result of experience or trauma. And then there's this other part of anxiety that shows up for me in the, like in the form of stress, where we get worked up over something and our bodies are like generating a lot of energy, whether that be in thought or feeling or um, because of someone else's anxiety. And it kind of takes off on a path of its own. What do you think? I agree. I think that anxiety can be a familial intergenerational thing. Like it can be something that we're taught through our blueprints. I do think that it can be very experiential, like based on the experience that we're having. I do think that on top of what you've mentioned, like I do think that like there are medical and medications that can cause increased anxiety in people or medical reasons. Um, yeah, I, so I do think that there are a laundry list of ways that can create or have the side effect or cause of anxiety. And yeah, the the stress piece, I think, is really big. I think there's a slight difference between stress and anxiety and I do think stress can lead to anxiety I think stress is more like physical symptoms sometimes like irritability anger fatigue muscle pain we can have digestive issues sleeping trouble anxiety on the other hand is a little bit more persistent and with excessive worries 
that don't seem to go away even in the absence of a stressor. So like a stress can be like work-related stress. We have a big meeting coming up and we're kind of stressing about something. Anxiety is persistent even when that something isn't there. So yes, I do see stress playing a big role into anxiety often. I yeah, think... I appreciate you making the distinction between the like the con- the concept of stress versus the excessive worry with anxiety. And I also want to go back to what you said about like the medical or the medication and how anxiety can be a result of those things. Because for me, it's that's one of the harder ones to identify because we associate anxiety with um, mental health in our brains and how we're thinking about something or how we're feeling about something. And when someone is trying to work on that or work through that, it is twice as hard if there's an underlying medical condition or a cause from medication. Yeah, I think that that is, yeah, like it is really hard because like, I mean, not being medical doctors, like we can't treat various aspects of it. I mean, the, the best we can do is encourage people, our clients, to go and speak with their medical providers about if it's a medication or if it is, I mean, and sometimes like if anxiety is the result of a medical condition, does the anxiety start to dissipate after treatment for that medical condition or is it going to be persistent even with it i mean so there's a lot of various things or a lot of variables to kind of consider when treating it and i mean there's a part in my brain that says okay if it's caused by medication or if it's a medical reason then there's a large part of what our process is going to be is accepting that we're going to have anxiety now right um i mean it may flow and come and go and in various waves and stages and intensities but there's a part of it that like maybe this is going to be what it's going to be not maybe not but yeah like if to me when we get into the medical piece like there's a lot of acceptance i mean i think that's always the case but like more of an emphasis on it versus other times, I guess. Maybe that's just the flaw in my practice. That's <laughs> just kind of how I think. I don't know. Although I don't know if I've ever really... I mean, maybe I have. But I don't think that I have any clients or have met any clients that have anxiety due to medication or medical reasons. I mean, and maybe they do, and I just haven't <laughs> asked the right questions. <laughs> But I feel like a lot of the anxiety that I come across are like blueprinted anxiety. Like my mom was really anxious and therefore I've learned to be really anxious. Oh, and her mom was really anxious and their dad was really anxious. So like, yeah, I feel like a lot of it is more blueprinted rather than medical. Yeah. What about you? I have seen the medical impact on clients, let alone like myself or my own family. And I think that there's a misunderstanding that comes with that presentation if the medical condition is not understood, which makes it even harder then. Because if you don't know what's going on medically, but you know something's off or wrong 
where something doesn't feel good and you're trying to work towards making that better, but you're not getting anywhere. And so I think it is a difficult distinction and it's something that can still be worked with in therapy. And that acceptance part is a huge component of that. And you get the opportunity to learn the tools and the management. So as you fluctuate in the medical side, you can also take care of yourself mentally. What types of situations have you seen where anxiety is caused by medical pieces? I think viral impacts can cause anxiety. I've also seen different um, muscle tension issues, like the vagal nerve and how that's stimulated or deteriorated within the body. I've also seen like autoimmune disease that can impact the nervous system. And I think there is like slightly different presentation, but it can be very difficult to distinguish. Because like if I think anything that impacts the central nervous system, there's a lot of things that do that. I mean, you can experience anything from an impact on your gut, to your heart, to your skin, or your hormones. I especially see people impacted with their hormones in regards to the medical side and how that shows up with even more extensive anxiety. And beyond that, we get an opportunity to really understand how our body functions. Right. Yeah, I think the big thing that's like keeps running through my mind as you're talking about these is like how much of an impact hormones really play on our bodies. I mean, not that it's all coming down to hormones. (laughs) (laughs) I just find it super fascinating how so many things can have an impact on our mental health and we don't really recognize it. And I think sometimes because there's so much shame and stigma around mental health, like we completely avoid it, not recognizing that maybe what we're experiencing is a cause of some is because of something else. Kind of baffling sometimes all of this. And Josh, I do agree with the blueprint piece because I also see a different population of people that are absolutely impacted by fear and how that bleeds into multiple areas of their thought process and their body and how generationally that gets passed on. Something that I have been looking into, as you know, is like the more psychoanalytic thought processes and like theories and stuff. And one of the ideas in psychoanalysis, which I think is kind of pervade through all of the therapeutic world is the idea of kind of repression when if certain emotions are repressed, then they can present differently than what is actually being experienced. So anxiety, yes, came because by fear, like deep fear that may be intergenerational or even within your own self. But it's also the idea that sometimes anxiety can be like repressed anger, repressed rage. So yeah, and that is kind of mind blowing to me too, how me too. what we're thinking and experiencing as one thing may be something completely different that really isn't even on our radar. Mm-hmm. And I think like the idea of anger being expressed as anxiety 
is really interesting. I mean, and I think that there is a piece of it that is connected to fear, like worry and fear about what would happen if this anger were to come out. I mean, and then some people don't even recognize that there's anger there to even have the fear. So yeah, I just think that 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 idea that what we're experiencing may not be really what's causing it. Yeah. (laughs) No, I... I think that's fascinating, like how there is a mask or something that is covering the real depth in which you're experiencing something. Right. That has always been like the part about therapy that I really enjoy is helping like, I mean, and that's what we do, right? Like we, we help kind of remove the masks of whatever may be presenting and actually like, oh wonder what that is you know even as we're talking like i can imagine someone listening to this that might be experiencing anxiety or they like they think they are and they're like well i'm not mad about anything (laughs) or they might say to themselves well i'm not scared of that so that's not what my anxiety is about (laughs) yeah i mean and we have clients say that all the time my, I mean, not that like I'm patting myself on the back because I'm right, <laughs> <laughs> but, or, and there have been a number of times when clients will come in and we make predictions, right? Like, well, I'm going to predict that you're actually a really anxious person and really what's going on is X, Y, and Z. And then they're like, no, that's not it. Fast forward few sessions they're like yeah you were right (laughs) i know i can (laughs) see it (laughs) or like i can feel what you're feeling Mm -hmm. like your body language speaks volumes yeah but yeah i think that that's funny (laughs) and i mean like i experience is like especially in therapy as being like a watcher of what happens like or a witness of what happens right and so you see someone's presentation even if they're not aware of it and you're witnessing the anxiety play out in their body Mm -hmm. whether that be with eye position or jitteriness or you see like the the shortness of the breath or you have a repetitive like rumination and thought Mm -hmm. like the continuous talking around something instead of talking within right I mean, and this, we create these patterns and we don't even know that we're doing them. Right. I mean, and those play out in relationships and like all relationships, not just intimate relationships, but friendships and coworker f- relationships. And yeah. Yeah. I do find a common thread with anxiety in regards to the fear of looking at something. Can you say more? When you think about actually removing the mask and looking at what is that might be going on within, there can be a lot of fear in feeling that or allowing whatever is stuck to come forward. And we make these catastrophizing worst case scenarios of what's going to happen when we do that. Like I'm going to lose my mind or I won't be able to do X, Y, and Z or I might die. Like there's, those are truly thoughts that people have to guard whatever 
their anxiety is rooted in. And do you think that that's like because of like the uncertainty piece? I think it can be. Sure. The unknown, the uncertainty, not having practiced the regulation and for their brain to trust that they'll come through the other side of it. Yeah, the trust piece, I think, is huge. Because at, at a certain extent, like, they may, people may say, like, well, I don't trust this person, and therefore I'm anxious because I don't know what they're going to do. Well, really, you don't really trust yourself to do what you need to do in order to be safe or feel safe enough to regulate yourself. Fascinating. Josh, I'm so glad we got to start this series with talking about the causes of anxiety. Yeah, me too. Well, Abby, as always, I appreciate you and appreciate that you were willing to do this with me today. It's always good to talk with you. Yay. And as always, feel free to check out our website at www stillpointshealing.com you can check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at stillpointhealing and you can always email us here at the podcast with any questions at so you can heal at stillpointhealing.com and a invitation to all those listening please subscribe rate and review our podcast because the more rates and reviews and subscriptions we have the more present we can be for others and if you already have many blessings and thanks and until next time bye bye